Hey, it's Jill, and I'm so happy to be with you again. We just had the most amazing episode last week. If you did not hear the episode with Alexi Panos, I highly recommend going back and listening after you listen today. As I said before, I'm really proud of the content on the show. There's not a single episode that I'm not proud of. And so many of these interviews are really deep and profound and helpful and practical. And I have noticed that as the podcast evolves, I evolve. And as I evolve, the podcast evolves. And the conversation that I had with our guest last week, Alexi Panos, was different than the one I would have had a year ago, two years ago, or three years ago when we started the podcast because I've grown. And I've had a lot of people reach out to me and say, God, that was a good conversation. And it was. And anyway, I just wanted to give it a little nod. And I know that some people say, oh my gosh, I can't keep up. There's an episode every week. I'm still behind. And other people just hang like I do with some of my favorite shows, you know, on every week. They just can't wait for the next one to come out. So if by chance you missed it, it's something definitely worth circling back to. So Today, I'm actually doing something that in the past I would have judged and I would have considered sort of like slacking or being behind or some sort of representation of failure. And that is to take an old episode, one that's already been released and recycle it. But I don't feel that way. I feel really, really strongly about recycling this episode because some of you started listening before 2020. Those of you who started listening in 2020, probably would like to hear this episode again or would benefit from hearing it again. Or maybe you never heard that episode. The title is Sadness Versus Suffering. And the reason I decided to replay this is because I noticed that this exact theme is still playing in my life. Now, if you did listen to last week's episode with Alexi, we talked about that. And we talked about being able to really be with and hold and experience and feel all of it, the grief, the pain, the sadness, the heartbreak, the the just devastation, disappointment. I mean, like really tough stuff while and while and also feeling and experiencing literally in the same breath love and happiness and even excitement and joy, even desire, even passion, even lightness, even sparkle. Feeling all of that at the same time, not the, this is so hard, but everything happens for a reason and I still need to be grateful for my life. This is so hard, but I got to choose to be positive. Not that, but truly being able to feel both, allowing both to move through us, holding both, being with both at once. Now, when you're in the breath, let's say that moment of, and I had some moments like this over the past month or so, of the pain is so bad that it's like, it takes your breath away. Like you feel, you can feel yourself contract. I can feel it right now. You want to cry or you do cry. And it just hurts so fucking bad. In that second of that, I'll, I'll call it the breath of it. You're not feeling at the same time, the joy, the love, the sparkle, the this, the that. However, you can access that no matter how much you're hurting. It's very soon after. 
right? So in that deep, painful part of the, not right then, but then you feel it, right? And you release it and you don't just do a pep talk, right? You can at the same time then go, and I can still access joy and love and peace and understanding and gratitude despite what's happening. I personally feel like that's like one of the main goals of life, meaning of life, you know, like to be able to do that, to feel both, the full expression of all of it. And from it for a long time, and I talk about that in the episode I'm going to share, like I couldn't do that. And, and, and most people can't because the pain is very real, right? On one hand, the pain is familiar, right? My nervous system remembered it from when I was a child. And it felt good in a weird way. It felt, what? Safe. It was like an old normal coming back to visit. A familiar scent. It felt safe and familiar, even if it feels excruciatingly painful. And also, at the same time, it it didn't just feel safe because it feels familiar. It's just so freaking painful that it's all-consuming right? The pain is real. And if you've gotten past numbing and avoiding and distracting and you're letting yourself do what we talk about on the show all the time, feel the feels, like really feel it because feeling is healing. And that's the whole point. Don't block it. Don't stop it. Let the tears flow. Feel the pain, right? If you're in that place, right? And you're letting yourself do that. It's not easy to then flip to without bypassing and doing a pep talk, right? It's not easy to flip to joy and love and peace and all that other stuff, especially like sparkle and happy. It's not as hard to flip to gratitude. I know God has it handled. I have so much to be grateful for. That's not very hard. But being able to feel, I'm going to call it sparkle. That's the word that keeps coming to me. Feeling the sparkle without feeling bad about it. How can I feel the sparkle while I still have this pain and while this other person that I feel painful for or pain for is suffering. Is that mean? Is that cold? Like who could do that? And if on top of that, the pain that we're feeling, the suffering we are choosing, whether we admit that it's choosing or not, the suffering that we are choosing because of the suffering or pain of another that we love, if it's also with a child of ours, I'm not you know, saying that if you don't have children, you don't get it. It's just a different get it. It's just different. And pain is pain. But for just a second here, I want to talk to the parents and the mothers that you know what I'm talking about. When your child is suffering either from an illness or depression, anxiety, rejection, pain, addiction, whatever it is, no matter the age. But in my experience, you know, my kids are now young adults. It's almost like we feel like if we feel good, happy, joy, up, I'm excited, I have desire, I feel the, like I said, sparkle, then we feel bad about it. Because how can I do that while my child is suffering? And the episode you're about to hear is me talking about how I would just climb voluntarily into the pit with one of my children if they were suffering like that. Because I thought that's what they needed. And I thought that's what good moms do. And that's what, in another example, a good friend would do or a good partner would do. That's what I thought. And as you'll hear in this episode, I realized that 
that's not good for anybody. But at the same time, it feels good. It feels noble. And it also hurts so good because it's triggering our our own stuff, because it's a familiar scent, because it feels safe and familiar. So I'm replaying this because this theme is not going away for me. And I know it's not going away for a lot of you. It's a constant dance. We get better at it and better at it and more proficient, but it's still there. Why is it still there? Because we're still becoming better at it. We're still working at this. It doesn't need to be a theme anymore when it doesn't need to be a theme anymore. For me personally, I I can hold both so much better. I truly can feel the sparkle, the joy, et cetera. Even if something really hard is going on in my life with someone I love, that's the example I'm using. It could be something else. It could be my own diagnosis of something or my own job loss or my partner hurting me, betraying me or breaking up with me. My example, because it's familiar to me that I will use is a child who is suffering, who's in pain, struggling emotionally, mentally, et cetera. It's, I heard, I don't know who it was, but someone once said, some author somewhere called it beautiful. That's what this is. It's beauty and freaking devastating pain at the same time, holding both somehow, some way. I know for sure that us rescuing them from their pain hurts them, doesn't help them, prolongs their karma, if you want to call it karma. Wrapping them in bubble wrap feels like the right thing to do and the noble thing to do. And it's just prolonging whatever lesson they need to learn. And I know that their pain is medicine for us. It's our lesson in, are we going to be a mother or a martyr? Are we going to hold space for them and love them and be a solid, safe container for them and a soft place for them to land while giving them loving, honest feedback and advice if appropriate? Or are we going to just completely crumble and suffer sort of in honor of them? I now know that they can feel They can feel and sense energetically. They can feel if we are choosing to suffer or if we are loving them through it and crying tears for them and being like that, you know, like that high priestess, arms out, love with boundaries. I got you. God's got you. I'm here but I can't take your pain away. I'm here and I can't take your pain away. I'm here and I can't end your suffering. I'm here and I can't let this take me down because I'm going to do us both a disservice. I'm going to keep the oxygen mask on me, pass it to you, put it back on me. I'm going to keep nurturing myself, taking care of myself while I hold you. And sadly, while I also watch you hurt or hurt yourself, sabotage or sabotage yourself. Suffer when you don't have to suffer because suffering is a choice. Pain isn't, sadness isn't, but suffering is. So many times I don't give details because it just isn't appropriate because I can't discuss other people's lives on here, you know, without their permission. 
But what I will say is, is there was something going on with one of my kids and I've hinted to it here and there on the show. And, you know, this person just had their heart shattered. What felt like shattered. Someone they cared about so much completely betrayed them. And their heart was broken into a million pieces and they felt like they had nothing else. There was nothing to be happy about, nothing to live for, nothing to look forward to. And already fragile, already struggling. And I found myself not just on my knees, but also even saying, and I don't know if you've said this before, I bet you have. Okay, God, like I get it, but can you just give me a break? Like, can you just give us a freaking break? Like this person's gone through enough. Can they just get a break? And then I was reminded again of the fact that I just don't get to say that because for whatever reason, this divine love, this force that is in charge gets to decide how we are molded and what we're molded into and how we are polished. And I really don't get a say in that. The other thing I'll switch to really quick before I play this episode is that, you know, so this episode was from November of 2020. This is now airing in August of 2023. And it's still totally appropriate today. And the beautiful part too, is that no matter how much we are suffering along with or for, or let's say in honor of maybe someone else we love who's hurting, or no matter how much we let it swallow us up and we're just hurting so badly for them. Isn't it interesting that when we see it played out later, many times we're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe how awful that was. And all of a sudden things are good. Like, of course that happened. That had to happen. Their life had to shatter. They had to hit that rock bottom because if not, they wouldn't have chosen this or that. So this person in my life I'm referencing as awful as it was, and it was bad. It's so interesting because something now has come along for them that would have never happened if they were not broken and on the floor and truly feeling like they had nothing to live for. God already had it all figured out. They say, you know, when when a door closes, a window opens. This was like like every door and every window being soldered shut and then everything being lit on fire. And you're watching them burning and you're just screaming and crying like, I can't take it anymore. I, I I can't see this anymore. This is too painful. Set me on fire, please. And then all of a sudden something happens and it's not just that a window opens. All of a sudden a window opens that wasn't even there. And then they have the opportunity to not just not burn, but to completely flourish in a new area that could not have happened if they had not suffered. We don't always get to see that ending but it really does always end the way it's supposed to. It does always end in a way that is a gift to that person, no matter how painful. I said on someone's, I was a guest speaker on a mastermind today. And I said, you know, many times our biggest gifts come wrapped in wrapping paper made of razor blades and mouse traps and dog poop on fire. And it's just freaking awful, but it's like the best gift we've ever been given. And sometimes it takes us years to open the gift and really see it. Sometimes a lifetime, sometimes just a week, but it really is always a gift. So I hope you enjoy this episode. I hope it speaks to you. I am wrapping you in so much love. 
I am giving you a hug through this podcast, especially if you're walking through something right now where you're not just struggling and in pain and suffering, but especially not because it's worse, but because that's what's appropriate for this particular conversation for this episode, especially if you are suffering and in pain because you're watching someone you love suffering. It's a pain that's really hard to explain, isn't it? So it's a lot. I'm so glad we're talking about it. So enjoy the episode. I will see you again next week. And I hope that you breathe. I hope you love yourself. And I hope you surrender every single day or every moment of the day. So here's our episode from 2020, Sadness versus Suffering. There is nothing more inspiring than a woman being unapologetically herself. The answers are all in your heart. She's waiting, she's waiting, she's waiting for you to set her free. Welcome to BU Podcast. I'm Jill Herman and I am so glad you're here. I was broke, insecure, and craved approval. But with grit, hustle, and sacrifice, I still built a successful multi-million dollar business. 10 years in, burnout, I slowed down and looked inward. In that silence, I discovered that the same level of success could have come to me with much less effort and so much more joy. That's when I threw out the expectations of the world and chose to unbecome every single thing I thought I was supposed to be. And the real me was uncaged. It was far from easy. And in this podcast, I'll offer my entire journey as a roadmap so that if you're ready, you can finally be you. So in my Instagram story, I did a poll and I asked those who follow me what they would think of me doing an episode on sadness versus suffering. And I got more response to that question than any other poll I've ever done. I mean, to be transparent, there are polls when three people respond and it says 80% of people say, (laughs) but this time it was astounding. And I realized that I hit a nerve. That sadness and suffering are feelings, experiences that we all share. And it's something that we want to talk about. We want permission to talk about that we don't feel others are talking about enough. I could just feel it through the answers. I could feel it. And I got some private messages from people saying, tell me what you mean by that. And what I said to them, and I'll say to you is that, first of all, I just think it's important for us to be aware that there is a distinction between sadness and pain versus suffering. Any form of sadness, hurt, anger versus choosing to live in that. And then the second part of that is why do we do it? Like, why do we do this? You know, being aware that we do and then why do we? And then how the hell can we get out of it? So, you know, I'm not an expert on this topic. I'm not a certified coach of anything. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a psychotherapist. I am a human being on this earth. I am a mom. I am someone who experienced trauma and a very chaotic, volatile, unpredictable childhood leading into you know, decades of trying to just figure out who 
I am and trying to figure out how to be happy in this overwhelming sea of sadness that I felt was me and was my identity. And I know I'm not alone in that. You know, one of my favorite authors, Glennon Doyle, I don't know if you've read her books. I highly recommend her books, but she talks about the ache. And when I read that, I I almost like, like dropped the book, like, wait, what? You know what that feels like? It's not just me. There's this ache that some people feel. And some people say that, you know, those of us who feel and experience that ache, it's really just being more empathic. You know, we feel everything more deeply. Other people say it's people who are susceptible because of that to depression. You'll hear others, either spiritual experts or psychological experts, saying that that ache is suffering. But when I think of sadness and suffering, and I'm actually glad we're talking about this right now. I know we have listeners all over the world. Um, in the United States, we're going into holiday season. And with that comes so much joy and so much love. And during these uncertain times right now that the entire world is collectively experiencing, there will be more confusion and sadness. But even without that, the holidays will bring up what's already there. And what's already there for a lot of us is pain and suffering. And what I want to talk about today with you is, again, awareness around the distinction, giving ourselves permission to feel all of it, but understanding that there's a way out of suffering, which is a choice. And it can sound a little harsh to say, you're choosing it. I don't choose depression. I know that. Suffering is different. So I'm going to give you a couple of examples from my own life and share with you what I know to be true. And then you get to, as with everything else, try it on, see how it fits, see how it feels, chew on it, see what you think, and then take it or leave it. My hope and prayer with this episode is that people listening understand that they do have the power to choose to not suffer despite the pain and sadness. So the pain and sadness that we experience, you know, there could be hundreds of reasons, hundreds of causes. It doesn't really matter. I'll just throw out a few. The death of someone we care about, job loss, divorce, being in love with or having a parent or sibling who is riddled with addiction, who is not getting well. There are so many reasons that we grieve and that we're sad. What I experienced in my life was that I was choosing to suffer, not understanding I was choosing it because it had become my identity. So those of you who understand what it's like to grow up with sadness and pain, and not every child, thank goodness, understands that. But those of you who do, now this is still for those who don't, so hang on here. But for those who are my people, you know, whatever the cause, you were very sad you felt alone, you were hurt, maybe violated, you experienced trauma as a child. For those of us who have lived that, what I have found is that as an adult, when I become sad or hurt, something causes pain, it triggers that old pain. And it's so familiar, it's like a comfortable, worn-in pair of shoes. And I have to be very careful because if I slip those shoes on, I just may not want to take them off. 
And I know many of you listening cannot relate to this piece. You have to have experienced this to really get this piece. The topic still applies to you, but this piece right here, I know those of you listening right now, you're like, oh boy, I know that. I know that feeling. I know you do. It's subconscious. It's not something we can really grasp. We sort of feel it. But sometimes we get taken over by the sadness and the suffering to the point where the shoes just aren't on our feet. Like they're like, they become part of our skin. And then we don't know how to take them off. We don't know our identity without them. So for me, I experienced a few things in my adult life, even just in the last few years where the pain was overwhelming. Obviously it was out of my control because that's what we suffer over. Things that are out of our control, right? They were out of my control and I hurt so badly that I didn't just experience and feel the pain while still feeling joy and living my life. I looked at that dark hole called suffering and I stepped on in there. And as I said, when I got in there, it wasn't like, ooh, this is awful. It was like, oh, it's like a warm bath. How could you enjoy that, Jill? I don't know. I can't explain it to you. But when I lowered myself into that warm water, it felt so comfortable. I felt safe. It reminded me who I am. That's not who you really are, Jill. I know, but I believed it was who I was. Because why? Because as a child, that's who I was. So when I lowered myself into that, I didn't want to get out. On one hand, I said I wanted to get out. I didn't like feeling that way. Who wants to smother, right? Who wants to feel that heaviness? But as I said, those shoes that become your skin, that warm bath becomes your home. You can't imagine. You feel like if you get out of that bath, there'll be no towel for you, right? You're going to freeze and stand there naked. So what I was experiencing, which was completely out of my control, one was the suffering that a child of mine was experiencing. And the other thing was my husband telling me that he could not bring himself to have another child when that's all I desperately wanted was to have a child with him. I didn't know until later that I was choosing suffering because at the time, if you had said that, I would said, oh, that's not true. (laughs) One, I'm not choosing this. And two, this isn't suffering. This is pain that I I can't escape this. I, I I can't pretend this isn't happening. This really hurts. Here's where the rubber meets the road. There is a distinction between that and choosing to let that pain become who you are and to cloud what you know to be true, to block your heart. Remember, there are only two emotions, love and fear. To block the emotion of love coming from the heart and dwell in that pit of fear. That is a choice. And no one can get us out of that but us us and God together. But we are the ones that have to make that decision. So when I talk about the comfort of suffering, it's also like a, you know, it's like your blankie and pacifier. You're worried that if you, if you allow it to be taken away or if you, you voluntarily, right, you choose to set it aside. I'm getting out of this warm bath, stepping out of this dark hole. I'm taking these shoes off. I'm stepping out into comfort and love and peace. Our fear is that if we do that, 
we won't know how to be. Because the thing about suffering is that it's addictive. It feels so bad, yet it satisfies the need. Now that need is different for every person depending upon our past, etc. But it is satisfying some need. Otherwise, we wouldn't choose it. So for me, I wanted to get over that. I wanted to go beyond it. And I had all the tools. I had all the tools. I had no excuse not to. I, I was exposed to personal growth and personal development. My spiritual connection had never been stronger nor more clear. I had never been happier in my life. I had never had the family unit that I had at that time. I had never had a more supportive, loving, amazing partner. I had never had a better relationship with my parents. I had never been better in my career. I had never made more money. I literally had it all. Yet, warm bath, dark hole, those shoes, they all just looked so good. So what I did day after day was allow that to suffocate the joy, to squeeze it out of me. Now, many people didn't know because I was putting on a happy face and functioning and moving forward like a lot of us do, but I knew. My husband knew. And there's no timeline on this, by the way. It could be a month, a year, five years, five weeks. But at some point, you and I have to make the decision that we know that we are not going to be able to take the pain, the ache away. Whatever is causing it, the death of the friend or the spouse or the parent or the sibling, the addict in our life, the child who's suffering, whatever it is, We have to realize it's never going away and it will never be different than what is. We have to make the decision to stop obsessing about and ruminating on what could be and what should be instead of accepting what is. I don't want to accept what is. I know. I didn't want to either. It hurts too much. Accepting what is? Are you kidding me? It hurts too much. Why would I accept that? One, it's not okay with me. Two, it's not okay with me. Three, it is not okay with me. I am not accepting that. Okay. So what are you going to do? I guess I have to accept it. I guess it could be not okay with me while I'm accepting it. I suppose. Yes, that's the answer. It's not okay with me. I do not like this. This feels awful. And, 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 and I'm accepting it. I'm accepting what is. And then beyond that, I'm going to find joy despite this. I'm going to focus my attention on all of the blessings. And then you know from this podcast what we've discussed, what happens, what you think about, you bring about, what you focus on expands. When you focus on that, you see more of it and you get more of it. Guess what? I knew all of this consciously. You and I can know something better than our friend, let's say. Like we really know it, but unless we integrate it into our heart and really embody it, I mean, like really take it in, it doesn't matter. So I suffered and I suffered and I suffered for five years, five years. The the topic of wanting a child with my husband, it's too long and it's too complex, the story, and it doesn't matter. The point is I wanted nothing more than that. 
And if I gave you the reasons, they're really good reasons. There are really good reasons, like unique reasons why I would want that based on my experience and on my past. And most of you would say, well, of course you wanted that. But here's the thing. I had to decide to end my own suffering because that thing that was hurting me so badly was not going to change. And let's say I had walked away, which I will never, but let's say I'd walked away from that relationship. The pain would have gone with me. The suffering would have followed me. Those comfy shoes and that warm bath. Yeah, right there, every step of the way. You and I turning away from the stimulus, the cause, that's not the solution. Accepting the stimulus, accepting the cause, sitting with it, being with it, hating it while accepting it, that's where the peace comes. So when our suffering ends, the pain doesn't go away. That's the shitty news I have to deliver to you today. The pain doesn't go away. Just me talking about it today is bringing up that ache. I can feel it in my belly. My chest is getting tight and I want to cry. It's that raw. It's that powerful. It is that painful. And I'm free. I am no longer suffering. It does not have a hold on me. When you see people, and I was in this position, I've seen my children in this position, grieving the addiction of someone they love, wanting it to be different, begging God, praying for it to be different, and allowing that to block the heart, which only, only opens up all of the thoughts from our fear, getting tunnel vision, which then focuses us on what? More of lack, more of what we don't have, more of what's not happening, more of what we don't like. That heaviness, that, that right there is suffering. And you might say, why would you say that feels good? That's awful. Well, it doesn't at first. But after a while, when it becomes who you are, it does feel good because you don't know how to live without it. You don't know yourself without it. And the ego, here's what the ego does. For me, I didn't want to get better or be better. You know why? Because to me, that meant admitting that I was wrong or admitting that I didn't deserve to have a child with him or admitting that he was right. Or perhaps it meant that I had wasted years of my life. I didn't want to admit that. And bigger than that, if I stop the suffering, then that means it wasn't worth grieving. Do you hear that? If I stop suffering over this, that means it wasn't worth grieving at all. So that's why many of us keep choosing to suffer because it reminds us that that thing that's not right or that we want so badly or that's so painful is legitimate, that our feelings are valid. But of course, that's not really true. That's just how we feel. So sadness and pain, especially through the holidays, especially with not being able to see family members or the fear of what's going on collectively. It is going to come in and go out. It's going to come in. It's going to go out. You can feel it. Don't like it. Doesn't feel good. Tears, emotions, different feelings, but it doesn't live in us. 
Let's go back to the parking lot analogy. I, I made that up on a training years ago. It just came to me and, you know, I love the word download. People call those downloads. I used to call them like whispers from God, but you get these downloads, right? And, and it just came to me and I'm like, I've used it ever since. And on this podcast, you've heard me say it probably in five episodes talking about the analogy of, you know, parking spots and also the parking meter, right? So when it comes to suffering, the pain of let's say in my example, which is never going away, right? That situation is never going to change. It will always be with, there with me until the day I die. Or other things that will hurt us are going to come and go. Think of it as a parking spot, right? You pull up, there's a meter there. You and I get to decide how long we stay. And no one gets to judge us for how long we do by the way. People want us to feel better it really is coming from a good place, but they want us to grieve quickly. They want us to get over things really fast. You know, a lot of people out there in the, in this space that I'm in of personal growth and personal development and the motivational speakers, et cetera, many times are painting this bullshit picture that we don't feel pain and you're constantly focusing on positivity. And you, you know what? Pain is reality. Sadness is normal. Feeling those feelings is okay. The difference is when you look at that meter, how many coins are we going to put in there? And you might say, I don't freaking know. Good. You can be angry. Put all your coins in there. Put everything you have in there. But it doesn't mean you need to stay that long. That's what I did with the topic of me wanting another child. Not because my children weren't enough, by the way. There was another very deep reason that I wanted a child. But with that, I was not. If you had said to me, just put a quarter in there, I would have smacked you in the face. (laughs) I took every coin I had and borrowed from others and I stuck them in that meter, knowing that I wasn't going to wait until it ran out. But at least I had the comfort of knowing that I could. So we have that choice. You and I get to decide every single day whether or not we will feel and experience pain or if we will sign up to suffer. And if you do find yourself listening to this and you realize right now you're suffering, your spouse left you, let's say, a child died, no one is taking away your grieving. No one is taking away your sadness or your right to feel that. No one. This is about freedom within that. Within that. Feeling the sadness deeply while still experiencing complete and utter peace. Feeling those feelings and then letting them go. Feeling them a little longer and then letting them go. So I know this was a bit of a heavier topic, but it's really important that in this BU collective, that we agree that part of what we're doing here, of being ourselves, it can't just be, I'm going to be myself. I'm going to accept myself as I am, you know, rah, rah. I don't want that. And I don't want that for you. And if you want that, this isn't for you. You can find it in so many places for this BU collective, for this podcast. When we say be you, 
we're talking about the really difficult parts, the messy parts, the darkness, the things that we don't want to talk about. We have to identify those to be our real selves. We have to at least look at this stuff because otherwise we're just pretending. We've got our latte. We've got our selfie. We're good. No, not here. So I invite you to journal about this, just about the topic of sadness over suffering. And you can ask yourself, what am I suffering over? And when is my suffering going to be over? How will it feel to free myself from suffering? Now that you know that you don't have to give up the sadness that's causing it, I bet it's going to be a lot easier. Now, if you're really in a dark place, and I'm talking like you need to see a professional, you might have depression, it might be turning in or manifesting into depression, please go see a professional. Go see someone who has a PhD in psychology, who's been highly recommended by others, who does not just turn to quick fixes and medication. Find someone who is experienced with modalities like EMDR and other therapies rather than just talk therapy, because we do know now that talk therapy is not enough. It just isn't. I recommend that for everybody. But if you're hearing this and your, your heaviness is something that you feel like you can't escape, you don't see hope, and you're that deep in the thick of this, please go talk to somebody immediately. If you're someone who's not feeling quite there, but you know you're suffering, and suffering could look like not letting something go, just not forgiving someone, that's suffering. Not forgiving yourself over something is suffering. Not forgiving that friend or that spouse or whoever in your life for wronging you and reliving that over and over, even if it's only once a year at the holidays, that's suffering. Suffering doesn't have to be curled up in the fetal position crying or or locking the door of your room and not wanting to see anyone for two days. Now, it many times does look like that, but it doesn't have to. And suffering is sneaky. And it's very difficult to, to detect whether or not someone is suffering. But you know if you are. So journal about that, about the different ways that you're choosing to suffer and how you'll feel when you are free of that. And you might feel as I did, that scares me. I don't know who I'll be without it. I want you to know that that's normal. I thought there was something wrong with me. I didn't know how to give up the suffering from my childhood because that was my identity. So as you walk forward, know that you get to choose peace and love and freedom, even when it hurts. Thank you so much for joining me on BU. I know there was something in this episode you were meant to hear. So let me know in a DM on Instagram at Jill Herman BU. Be sure to subscribe to the BU podcast. And if you have iTunes, I would so appreciate you rating the podcast and leaving a comment with your biggest aha or takeaway. Sharing a screenshot of this episode on your story is the best way for us to reach women just like you. And if you send a link to a friend, let her know what unique quality she has that the world needs more of. If this is your first visit, welcome to our BU Collective, where we get honest about what it takes to find our true self so we can set her free and start living.